All right, we're going to Mark chapter number 10. <clears throat> Mark chapter number 10. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Amen. Oh, brother Bartimaeus, sat by the highway begging. Next one, please. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Amy, you come back. You don't stay in the nursery. Got my eye on you. Uh-huh. A lot of times we don't get what we need from Jesus because we never get his attention. A lot of times there are things that we could get from the Lord. And by the way, you all look good today. This is a good looking crowd here. This house is filling up. It's filling up with people and it's filling up with anointing. Amen. Amen. We got, you know, we got a lot of structure here. And we're ready for 150 to 250 people coming right through these doors because we've got, we got host team, we got kids ministries, youth ministry, student ministry, college ministry, adult ministry. We got it. We're ready for it. But I believe the Lord wants to put an anointing on us for this end time because we're going to have to have an anointing for this end time. This world is crazy, brothers and sisters. This world is absolutely crazy. Everything is backwards. Everything is backwards. Let me, let me just say this. Uh, when Uber first came out, when Uber first came out, I was kind of intrigued by it, and I thought, you know what? I, I have free time during the day. I could, I could Uber. So I registered my old minivan. You know, you can take a village with you in a minivan. And I got, everything was good. All I had to do was just call and say, I'm on duty. I was all certified and ready. But then fear got a hold of me. What happens if you're down there in the city and somebody crazy gets in the car? And they have a gun. And you're in front of them and they're behind you with the gun. So I never did it. I don't know if you read the news the last couple of days, but there was a mother of four. She was 32 or 38 years old in Pittsburgh. They named the neighborhoods where she would picked up the guy from. I, I know all those neighborhoods because I, I grew up just a little out south of, of Pittsburgh, so I know all those neighborhoods. And this guy gets in the car and puts a knife to her or a gun to her neck and says, "Start driving." And she had her phone video camera on, and she said, "Are you joking me? Are you serious?" By the time it was done, he had shot her and killed her. Mother of four. She's just trying to make a living. She's just trying to get things going in her life and provide for her family. But this world is crazy. There is so much hate out there. But the Bible says that where sin did abound, grace abounds much more. And as this pandemic went on the last couple years, I was trying to figure out and get direction, where, where are we headed? And I would tune in to... Uh, to the, the prophets, you know, that are online and YouTube and these preachers. And I want to see what they're saying. And a lot of them, 
was saying that this is a this is a cleansing of the church. This is a remnant, a remnant's coming out of the church, and that the the people they go back to Daniel in the in the end time. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and so when we came back to church, we still had a pretty decent crowd, and there's still a lot of people. There have been some already flushed away, but then suddenly they start leaving again, and more people leaving. You're wondering what in the world is going on here. I haven't changed my preaching. I haven't I haven't you know done anything wrong, and people are leaving. And the Lord's brought to my attention. There's a remnant. This is a remnant that's happening. There's a remnant that's happening. You see, I believe how many. Uh, 32,000 did Gideon start out with? 32 or 33,000? And by the time the Lord was done with him, he was down to 300. And the Lord said, you know what? If you would have went with 32,000, you would have whipped them and you would have said, we did it. Look how we, we maneuvered them. We outmaneuvered them. We outflanked them. We got the enemy by the, by the head and we cut his head off, the Midianites. And the Gideon is a great general. He gave us victory. But the Lord said, you know what, I want to show you what will happen when I take a hold of this thing because I can take nothing and make something out of it. Amen? So I want to tell you today in this life and in this world that we're going to have to get Jesus' attention. We're going to have to start realizing that we just cannot sit idly by anymore and just let things pass along our lives and just watch them go down the river of life and just deal with situations. The time of dealing with situations in your life is coming to an end. The time, well, let me put it like this, the time of tolerating situations in your life is coming to an end. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'm just telling you this. Several, I don't know, several years ago I was preaching, and some of you probably remember, remember when I was preaching about you better not be hanging out at the strip clubs. You remember that? I am saying that, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. Where did that come from? And so I didn't, I didn't bring it up anymore, but somebody at home did. The brown-eyed wonder. Who's in the nursery, probably. She said, what are you doing talking about strip clubs? I said, have you been to a strip club? I said, no. Do you think if I went to a strip club, I'd be preaching about it if I was guilty? No. You think I'm going to take a selfie of me in front of Larry Flint's Hustler Club down there? No. And put it on Facebook? No. So I said, I don't know why I'm saying it. So we just kept on going with the life. And it wasn't another month or two later, it comes out again. You better not be going to the strip clubs. Finally, I'm like, oh boy. And a few months later, I get a phone call from someone that says, Pastor, I don't go to your church, but I want to tell you what happened. One of your members called my number by accident. And they were in a strip club. 
periods. We're done with that. You know what? These sermons, sometimes they don't make any sense right at the moment. But sooner or later, they will make sense. So I'm telling you that whoever you are, your tolerance and your tolerating a situation is over now. It's over now. When they get to that song where it says, and I was singing to the night. Oh, man. I can just see myself in the middle of a dark sky just singing and declaring and works of light coming out of my mouth. You see, brothers and sisters, you cannot sit where you are and then be ready to do what God wants you to do in a little bit. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? There has to be a transition period from where we are today to where God wants to take us. Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside. He's been begging all this time. And now he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and Jesus has a reputation. I am looking for Family Worship Center to get a reputation. We already have a reputation, but I can't wait for the next reputation when they say, oh yeah, the wheelchair guy that was been in the wheelchair all his life went to Family Worship Center and they prayed for him and he's not using the wheelchair anymore. I'm looking forward to the day when those ears of yours unstop and God heals you completely right on the spot. Amen. What am I saying? I'm looking for miracles to start happening. I'm looking for some things to start busting out in the darkness around here. I'm looking for some people to get some anointing on them and some faith on them like Bartimaeus had when he cried out, Jesus, hey, don't pass me by. Uh, don't, don't, don't pass me by, Jesus, because I need what you've got. I need to get a little bit of what you've got right now, Jesus. And I'm talking to Family Worship Center right now. There are people that are hungry. You guys are thirsty. You're ready to see things different. But you see, we've been tolerating situations. We've been tolerating things in our life that have pulled us down spiritually. We have, put, we have, we have, we have kind of, uh, I hate to use him for an example, but I have to. Oh, Max, Max the dog at my house. There, years ago, Max had a bad odor problem. It was not internal, it was an external problem. He just stunk. I don't know if you ever had a dog that just stunk. stunk. When we got Max, the vote was five to one. Five yes, one no. I was the no. I said, you don't realize we're not here half the time. We, we drive into the neighborhood. We pull up in the driveway. We get out of one car. We get in the other car, back out, and go somewhere else. And the neighbor's like, they can't even figure it out. We don't need a dog. We do not need a dog. So guess who won? Them. We got the dog. Now, over the years, that's been 11 years ago, 12 years ago, over the years, there has been a, a warming up. And when the only person that Max waits for to go upstairs to go to bed is one person at night, me. He wants to lay with me. He wants to 
look at me and stare at me with those eyes. He had a horrible smell. He needed ministry. We got him something. You ever heard of Dinovite? D-I-N-E? D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. Dinovite. We got him Dinovite, and it healed his stink. And he was good. But when other people would push Max away, when he would come want to set with them, I would take him in. But you see, then when I got up, my, my clothes where Max laid smelled bad. They smelled like Max. Until finally one day when I heard that commercial on the radio, I'm like, we got to try that stuff because I was done tolerating that situation. You see, some of us in here have tolerated the situation so long, every time we get up, everything that we do, we smell like that situation somehow. That situation reminds us of its, of its existence. That situation reminds us of our limitations. That situation reminds us of everything else. But you know what? Today is a new day. Everybody say, it's a new day. Today is a new day. And let me say this. Uh, God does not and is not in the remodeling business. The Bible says that he makes everything new. So God wants to put something new on us today, both corporately and as, an, and, and as individuals. God wants to put something on us today. Bartimaeus has been on my mind the last couple days. Ginger mentioned him a few weeks ago in one of her lessons, but he's crying out, have mercy on me. Next verse he says, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You see, there's going to be some people that, that uh, want to just keep you quiet. Oh, don't get too excited. Why do you get so excited about church? got to be boring going to church where you go to church. No, we, we have a good time. We loud, we're loud, we scream, ah! we shout, we clap our hands, we speak in tongues. Why? Because we believe that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. We believe that it's, we're in a relationship with him. Amen. If you get married and you don't ever talk to your spouse, we're going to court, and it's going to be over. And she's probably going to get everything. Everybody say all. Yeah, there it went. All. you got to work on a relationship. This is not a one-sided relationship. This is a, a working marriage, me and Jesus, every day. I'm in touch with him. He's in touch with me. And they're trying to tell Bartimaeus, you just need to be quiet. You just need to be quiet. But Bartimaeus says, i got to have a touch today. Next verse, it says, and Jesus stood still. Oh, I like that. I like the combination of those four words together in that sentence. Jesus stood still. You know what? When you get Jesus' attention and he stands still in your situation, something's going to happen. Something's going to change. So let me ask us this today. Have we not got the change that we're looking for simply because we haven't asked for it? Have we got, not got the change because we haven't got his attention yet? Because it, when we get his attention, when he's going to stand still, something is going to happen. About a month ago, I preached that message, you know, just a moment in time, and I was overcome by, by, by my hunger. I, listen, 
I'm hungry for the things of the Lord. I'm hungry for God to do something supernatural with us. I'm hungry, and I want to see all of your lives blessed. I want to see all of you just blessed beyond measure. I want to see you walk in victory. I want to see you walk in power. I want to see you walk in the fullness of the destiny that God has called you to do. But the, you, you see, the devil's going to try to fight you. The devil's going to try to to quiet you down. That's what this crowd was saying. You know, you need to just be quiet because, you know, you, you're just going to bother Jesus. And, and, and uh, he commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man saying, hey, you need to feel good about yourself because he's calling for you. He's calling for you. But guess what? If you would not, Bartimaeus, have start, started yelling louder, you wouldn't have been called. If you would have not made that effort to get a hold of Jesus' attention, you would not have been called. Are you seeing what I'm saying? If you're going to get something from God, you're going to have to go after God. Let me say that again without yelling and screaming. If you are going to get something from God, you're going to have to go after it. You're going to have to want it. You're not just going to sit on your perch. Johnny, you know what a perch is, don't you? You live around families that had perches. Anybody know what a perch is? You watch TV on a perch. It's one of those double recliners with a cough with a cup holder in the middle. A his and hers. I didn't know what a perch was until I met my father-in-law. He said, well, just go, just go over there and sit on the perch. I said, what is the perch? I'm thinking of fish. He said, I'm set on a fish? He said, the perch right there. He said, that's my perch. You sit there and you watch TV. He used to sit there and watch TV with his shirt unbuttoned, that big old belly sticking out. Remember that, Marty? He'd have a shirt on, but it'd be unbuttoned all the way down, that old belly sticking out. <laughs> that's what you get when you get grandpas. <laughs> they don't care. They're just in that stage of life. They just don't care. <laughs> oh, Lord. And so, you know, here you are. You're working on this relationship, and you want something from Jesus, but the devil's going to try to shut you up. The devil doesn't want you moving into the power that God has for you. But guess what, brothers and sisters? You're here. You're still part of this kingdom. You're still part of the remnant. And God is going to anoint this remnant in the end time to match the darkness that is out there in the world. I said, God is going to match. Darkness is not going to win. Darkness is not going to win. It looks like and it thinks it's going to win, but I'm telling you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Uh, one shall put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand, three a hundred thousand, four a million. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Because when you get in God's math, God works exponentially. He doesn't add. He doesn't subtract. He works exponentially. God wants to do things with each one of you that you can never dream of or or imagine God wants to use your hands to lay hands on some sick, feeble brow, and that sick, feeble brow receive immediate healing in the name of Jesus. God wants to use your mouth in intercessory prayer. God wants to use your lips and tongue in declarations and speaking and singing into the night. God wants to use each and every one of us. Look at verse 50. There was a response here. And he, casting his garment... Casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, by law, he had to wear a garment that said he was a beggar and blind. He had to wear something that identified him with his situation. Everywhere he went, he wore 
that robe. Everywhere he went, he wore that garment that said, I'm blind, I'm a beggar. Everywhere he went that said, I didn't have all the breaks in life. Everywhere he went, that garment said, I'm always going to probably need somebody to help me around a little bit. Everywhere he went, he wore that garment that said, people have taken advantage of me before. Everywhere he went, he, that garment was saying, I've been taken advantage of here. I got hurt over in this synagogue, so I went to... I got hurt over in uh, North Jerusalem synagogue, so I started going to East Jerusalem synagogue. I got hurt over there. So I got hurt over there, and then I went to Central City synagogue. I got hurt over there. That garment was identifying with him with his hurt, with his disappointments. It was identifying him with what he thought was, this is my lot in life. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is all I'll ever be and ever have. That garment was holding him down. That garment was holding him back. That garment was telling him and society, this is all that Bartimaeus is ever going to be. But the Bible says that when Jesus called for him, that he got up and he took that garment and he cast it away. He didn't fold it up. He didn't lay it aside. He threw it down and cast it away. Because he was expecting to get something from Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, we're going to walk in anointing in this end time. And there's going to be miracles that come off of your hands and fingers that you are not going to believe happen to you. There's going to be things that are going to happen to you that you are not going to be able to explain on your own. There's going to be dreams come to some of you, the prophetic dreams. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prophetic dreams that are going to come. And these prophetic dreams are going to help lead and guide the church body. In the, in the kingdom, in the, the area that you're at. I'm telling you, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Isn't that what it says? It says that in Joel chapter 2, and it says it in Acts chapter 2. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that same word that was good for Peter and Joel is now good for us. It's now good for us right now. Everybody say right now. right now. Right now. You know what? When he cast that thing off, he was casting off the stigma of what he lived under all those years. I, I didn't come from what we call that. You know, you know they call it blue blood? Privilege? I didn't come from a Pentecostal background and privilege. I didn't, I mean, my, I'm third generation. My grandparents helped start early apostolic churches in the 1940s, 30s, and 40s. While they were losing their farm, their family farm in the Great Depression, they were still starting to help start churches up in the panhandle of western Maryland. That's the lineage I come from. Not real famous people. I've tried to, I've, I've, tr I've pressured Ginger a lot. You know, she's in a genealogy. I said, somebody, find somebody famous in our line. You got us as poor German slaves in Ireland and all that other mess. And, and 
Isn't there a lost treasure chest somewhere? Find it, Ginger, find it. A few months ago, she said, she declared, we are descendants of President John Madison. I said, what did he do? She said he was one of the framers of the Declaration of Independence. And he makes those Dolly Madison cakes. She didn't say that. I threw that in there. I didn't come from really a lot of money. I didn't come, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a big inheritance or anything like that. I was just a scrawny kid from Western Maryland that ended up down in Houston, Texas at, at Bible College. I had preached one little message about going, knocking on doors in New York City a couple weeks before I went to Bible College. And the only thing I knew was that I needed to find a prayer room. And as I went to that prayer room, I would pray. I'd pray in the mornings. And then sometimes I merely would pray late at night. I like to pray late at night. I'm a night owl. It's a curse. If those, where are you night people at? Where are you? Come on, be honest with me. It's a curse, isn't it? You're dead tired. You, you need to go to bed, but something says you just got to stay up a little longer. And it's like, why? Why? So I can remember nights of being in that prayer room and, and, and praying and crying and talking to God. And I can remember nights. One night I fell asleep and I had my, they had these I'm mean, solid wood little prayer benches. They were about this tall and made out of solid wood and they were varnished and all that, and so I'd put my knees up on those, and I'd lay down on my back, kind of take some pressure off my back, kind of relax a little bit. And there was nights I get so relaxed I fall asleep praying in the prayer room. One night I woke up as a roach ran across my face. We're not talking a roach like this. We're talking one like that. Are they there, Marty? They are there, and they have wings. They're like the wild birds out of Revelation. I had never seen a roach in my whole life, and I pulled the drawer open in my dresser to put my clothes in, and there was one in there, and I screamed and slammed and jumped back. I said, oh, my God, what in the world was that? It took me about 10 minutes to get my, my shoe and, and the, the, the nerve to go after him, but I finally got him. What am I saying? I'm saying, you know what? We're just, we're just a bunch of nobodies going somewhere now. Used to be we were a bunch of nobodies going nowhere, but now we're a bunch of somebodies going somewhere. You see, because God doesn't waste anything. God doesn't waste any talent. God doesn't waste any anointing. God doesn't waste a call. And God had put a call on your life. And that's why you're here today. Hallelujah. That's why you're here, Kevin. I, we were talking about keeping stuff clean. And, and you can go to Kevin's house now, and I'm telling you, the, the Lord did a work when he was in first fruits. He, his place is as clean as a pen. We were talking about that the other day, and I said, I said that sure is, Kevin, a long way from that, that bunch of hot dogs I found in that water pot that one time with the green fuzz growing on them. But you see, that was B.C., before Christ, and now this is after Christ. Because you know what God does? God does a complete work in all of us. And so he calls Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus says, I'm throwing off my past. I'm throwing off my stigma. Watch this now. 
He says, I'm throwing off my limitations. I am throwing off my limitations. Because the majority of you in here are first-generation Pentecostal. You are the ones that have left your families and you've left them at the dinner table and you've left them at church services after church services. Sometimes you go back and, and see them for Christmas or Easter or whatever. But you know what? There's something inside of you that's a pioneer that says I'm not willing to settle down until I see what God has for me around the next corner and around the next bend. I'm telling you that you've got what it takes in you for this end time. You have what it takes in you. That's why you are still here. That's why he's put us on the potter's wheel. And that's why he's shaping us. And that's why he's forming us. And that's why when we go through that, that next headache that comes up for the brand, he wants you to just say, you know what, I'm taking authority over this right now. I'm going to sing into the night, and I'm going to tell that headache. I'm going to sing it right out of my head, and I'm going to sing that pain right out of my back, and I'm going to sing that pain right out of my wrist. I'm going to keep singing until I, it happens. Brothers and sisters, it's going to be, there's going to be times when you're not going to get to the church. There's going to be times when you're not going to have time to call the pastor to anoint you and pray for you. You're going to have to lay hands on your own head and pray for yourselves, and you're going to let trust that anointing that's in you. There's an anointing in each and every one of you because God has given each and every one of us the measure of faith. The same faith that was in Jesus Christ is the same faith in each and every one of us. Hello. Every, every Sunday morning I get a text from someone I do not know. I do know that five people wanted to buy my house yesterday. This morning, seven people wanted to buy my house. Does anybody else get those stupid texts? Or is it just my house? Well, they want me to, where am I going to go? I'm not living in that church apartment. It is spooky. That, back, uh, that building at night is spooky. It pops, it creaks, it rattles. I think ghost in here is the Holy Ghost and hey still why put any more on you than what you can bear I get this text from this guy he, there's a name on it I, I think he's a preacher I've tracked him down every Sunday morning he sends out an inspirational text and last week he sent out this text and it went like this the only people who were afraid of the giant was those who listened to him every day And I'm like, oh, that's good. Because David didn't listen to the giant every day. He was bringing the bread and cheese wagon. You know, in, in Hawaii, they have shrimp trucks. David was the cheese and bread truck. He's bringing cheese and bread to the brothers at the battle. And the only ones that were afraid of the giant were the ones that were listening to him every day. When David got there, he had never listened to him until that first time. And he listened to him and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is? He may have said, who in the Sam Hill does he think he is? Oh, Sam Hill, no joke, is actually my great-grandfather on my dad's side. Samuel Hill. There's a picture of him on Facebook. He's there, Sam Hill. Who is this guy? that he would threaten the armies of the Lord of Israel. Who is this guy 
Stop listening to all the voices that are trying to tell you you're not worth anything. Stop listening to all the voices that are trying to tell you you need to be afraid. You need to pull back. You don't need to go after God. Stop listening to those voices. You need, and I need to make God's voice the loudest voice in our ears, brothers and sisters. We need to put the word of God in us. It says, you know what? Just like Bartimaeus, I am throwing off every limitation. Just like Bartimaeus, I am throwing off every fear. Just like Bartimaeus, I am throwing out every inhibition. And I'm going to go to Jesus and I am going to get what I need. Because God has put us all here at this last hour. Next one, please. Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt? Don't you like that old English, Danny? What wilt? Is that like wilted lettuce? What wilt that thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. We're coming into the place where you're going to be able to tell God exactly what you want. Be specific. He already knows what you need. He knows what you want. Guess what? God knows our hunger level. God knows how hungry we really are for this. How hungry are we for a move of God? Let's all stand. How hungry are we as God is working in our lives? I'm telling you, today... sing into the night oh man that is one powerful line because I'm looking at nothing and I'm going to start speaking something so I got to ask you today are you doing and looking at nothing it's time to start speaking something it's time to start letting God expand your territory let him start to express and, and, and stretch you let him start to, to take you and knead you out on the counter like noodles are kneaded out. Let him take you and start to roll you out and say, you know what, I'm going to add this to you, and I'm going to take care of this, and I'm going to do this for you because I have called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Why weren't we all born a thousand years ago? Why weren't we all born two thousand years ago and we got to fish with Peter and James and John. Why, Brad? Because your mom and dad hadn't met each other yet. Nor had mine. You know why we're here? Is because God put us here. We have come to the kingdom for such an hour as this. What's God calling you to do? What's God wants you to do? Let's bow our heads here. Let's pray a little bit in the Holy Ghost. You can pray in the Spirit. I want you to pray in the Spirit right now. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. God, you have visited us so powerful today, so mighty today, Lord. I feel that this is a jump start, Lord, to what you're trying to do to get us to that next level of expectation. That next level, Lord, of asking things that we know may be impossible. But God, we're just going to have the faith to say, you can do whatever you want, Lord. You can do it however you want, Lord. Just use me somehow. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray for each and every one today.
that you would use them mightily in the name of Jesus. You have not put them in this church in this day and this hour to serve in another generation, to serve, Lord, at another time, but you have put us all here for this generation right now. You have put us all here, Lord, for this time in the history of the world. You have put us all here, God, for this hour that we now live in because you saw something in us. You saw, Lord, something that you could use in us. You saw it, and so now, Lord, help us to accept it and help us to believe it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, before we leave, if you've ever prayed, Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to use me. Come on up here. Come on, right up through here. I want you to use me. I want you to use me. Use me, Lord. If you've, if you've prayed that, Lord, I just want you to use me. Now, you know, let me say this. Have you ever bought something used? It has dents, scratches, used clothes. You know, Bernie, you could go, there's a store out east called Gabriel Brothers. My dad called it the rag bag. We'd all go out there and we'd go to Gabriel Brothers. You might buy a shirt for $1.79 and it was cool looking. But when you examine it, it could have a little tear on the seam over here. Oh, I can fix that. But it was used. Sometimes when you're used, you're going to go through things that are going to mark you. Sometimes when you get used, you're going to go through. Anybody ever bought a used car that had a dent in it? But you didn't care. It, was, it became your dent. You loved that dent. Some of you probably went home, took a plunger, and tried to suck it out. Pop it out. Used cars have dirty carpet in them sometimes. Why? Because they're used. See, as you go through life and you're being used, there's struggles you're going to get. You're going to get battle scars. You're going to get wounds. But I'm going to tell you this. The Lord anoints those vessels that have the scars. The Lord anoints, and he has his hand on those that have, you got a song? Okay, yeah. The Lord has something special for those that have been through the battle. You're going through a battle now that you really can't explain. Because the people that told you don't ever go to church, don't go to church. It's a struggle. You're trying to figure it out. You look at people who you think are your heroes in faith, and then they fail because we forgot that they were just human, and they make mistakes. But you know what God wants to do? He wants you to throw off that garment today. He wants you to throw off that inhibition today. He wants you to throw off everything today that would say you can't do this. He wants you to get can't, couldn't, and won't out of your vocabulary. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. That's not just talking about money and finances. That's talking about when you're in the heat of the battle, Daniel, when you're in the lion's den and there's some cats down there that haven't eaten in a week or two, 
and you're, you're ready to be the main course. By the time it's all done, you're just patting them saying, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Come here, let me scratch your knee. Why? Because God's putting that anointing on you, and he's providing that protection. He's going to give you words to speak in front of people who have great influence. People who have great influence in your town, your community, your walk, and your sphere of life. He's going to give you things that you never dreamed of. It's time to throw off that garment. It's time, Remnant, to accept the anointing. Amen? It's time to accept the anointing. Let's lift our hands one more time. Lift your hands up, palms inward. That says, Lord, I receive. And let's pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we receive, God, this word today. We receive, Lord, the moving of your spirit today in us and in this assembly today. Thank you for visiting with us. Lord, I just pray that each and every one of us would be desire and be so hungry and consumed with God, a fresh anointing, a fresh touch, a new level, a new level of being used, a new level, Lord, of you talking to us, a new level, Lord, of us hearing your voice in a much better and clearer way than ever before. Whatever it is, pray it right now, brothers and sisters. What are you looking for? That new what? Oh, God, that new wave of faith, that new wave of believing, that new wave, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be more determined, God, to be in church. I'm going to be more determined, God, to share my faith at work. I'm going to be more, more inclined, God, to talk to those who are down and out about the love of God. I'm going to share, God. I'm going to pray for people. I'm, going, I'm not going to hide my Christianity. I'm not going to hide my relationship. I'm going to have it wide open for all the world to see in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, before we leave, let's just tap in just one more time. La moria sandara makashondo mohaya. Hariyateko sandayatala mahaya. Bartimaeus said that I might receive my sight, and the Lord said, So be it unto you. And as he walked away, boom, sight came. That answer came. What do you want today, brothers and sisters? What do you want? What are you wanting today? Hallelujah. 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 I don't know, Brother Vernie, is there more days of putting the scissors down and the clippers and say, stretch those legs out, and that one leg's four inches, three or four inches shorter than the other. Was that what it was? And as Vernie prayed, that short leg grew right in his hand, right in the barber shop. You know, miracles aren't just for the house. Miracles are wherever you go because you're the kingdom everywhere you go. I know you don't believe it, Abby, but everywhere you go, the kingdom's with you. You're expanding the kingdom everywhere you go. Everywhere, everywhere you touch, everywhere you move, the kingdom is with you. Hallelujah. The kingdom is with you. Let's sing this song. I give myself away.
want you to use me, Lord, somehow. Give me an open door. Lord, you know I'm shy. You know I'm timid. So, Lord, I need boldness. Lord, let them open the door for me, and I'll walk in it. I promise I'll walk in it. I won't walk away this time. I'll walk in the door. I won't just turn around and go the other direction. I'll walk in the door, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Myself Vessels of your spirit, Lord, everywhere we go, let your spirit, God, just flow out of us. Everywhere we go, Lord, just let your spirit ooze out of us. God, bring us in contact with key people. Bring key people in contact with us. Let your light, God, burst forth from this place. Let it, God, go north, south, east, and west. Let it do what it's accomplished and set out to do. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Oh, say it like you mean it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, we speak in authority. Brothers and sisters, anointed for the end time. God wants you just the way you are. God wants your personality, your temperament. Of course, he wants you to change if there's bad things in it. But he created you for his glory. And he wants you to take that glory all around. And he's given all of us mission fields. Everybody's got a mission field. Keep remembering Sister Margot in prayer. She's been struggling. Also, uh, Brother Johnny Ty, he texted this morning. He's sick. So, and anybody else that I haven't talked about, Brother Art and Sister V, I had to talk to them last week. Sister Madonna, amen. Oh, you got a praise report. right now up in Champaign in the name of Jesus. Sister Pat took that cloth up there to him and he was doing better, God, and now, 
Lord, he's turned for the worse again. So we just pray in the name of Jesus for Jerry. Pray for Randy to be touched. Pray, pray God that, Lord, your hand would work in his life. He doesn't have much family here on this earth, Lord. Let him feel your presence. Let him feel, God, your touch. Let him feel your caress and your embrace in his life. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for Sister Pat being in his life. Strengthen her, God. Use her in the name of Jesus mightily, God. Use her in the name of Jesus. Use us, God, in strange and unusual ways. In Jesus' name. Use us, Lord, in strange and unusual ways. In the name of Jesus, and we'll give you all the praise. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise, if you would. Lord, we just thank you and love you. Amen. You're dismissed. Church, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Greet each other. Remember, you're the remnant. Walking in the remnant. Walking in the power.